0: Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthew 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom. Jesus Christ, and rightly so. But not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus told the religious leaders of his time, ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer them that are entering to go in Matthew twenty three thirteen. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's You can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting and eye-opening subject. God bless you and good afternoon. We're talking to you today about staying alert in God's kingdom, staying alert in God's kingdom. As a Christian, there are several reasons why alertness must characterize our lives. That we cannot simply muddle our way day in and day out, but instead we must live with the greater sense of awareness as a result of our faith. So here's a couple of reasons why the Christian must live alertly. One is Jesus is coming back. Now, this is a really real thing. It could be today, like now, or now, or now, or maybe tomorrow. That's kind of the point. After a series of parables, all centering on the return of Jesus and the proper and improper ways to prepare, Jesus summarized it like this in Matthew 24, 42. Therefore be alert, since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. In the same way, we live with an uncertain confidence in his return. We are confident that it's happening, but not confident as to when. The proper response is not to make predictions around the exact time, but just live constantly with a sense of alertness as to the inevitability of his impending return, because we know he is coming back. And then there are opportunities all around us the Christian must also live alertly because of the opportunities around us to make much of the kingdom of God. In Ephesians, Paul lays out in two specific verses the rationale behind this. In Ephesians 2, 8-10, he reminds us that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone, but he goes on to help us see that this faith is active in nature. He says, for we are his creations created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk therein so that we should walk in them. That's what he's talking about. God has saved us, but he has also intentionally planned good works for us and placed them in our path. These are good works we are to walk in, recognizing them as they are, and then doing what the love of Jesus compels us to do day in and day out. That's the heart behind the second verse in Ephesians. This one coming from chapter five, listen, pay a careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. Be careful, Christian, as you are walking, Because unless you are alert, you will miss the opportunities right in front of you to work and invest for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom. Another reason is that we have a tendency to drift. Mm, Amen. We must as Christians be alert because Jesus is coming back and we must be alert because of the opportunities God has put in our path, but we must also be alert because we know our own hearts. And unless we are alert, we will always tend to drift from Jesus. We must therefore pay even more attention to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. That's Hebrews 2 and 1. No one Drift toward Jesus. Instead, like a boat that's not anchored in the middle of the sea, unless we are actively and alertly fighting against it, we will always move from our original position. As we continue what discipleship means in the context of groups, one of the conclusions we must come to is that The maturing Christian is the Christian who is ever increasingly alert. We help people whom God has entrusted to our care to remember that Jesus is coming back, that opportunities around us abound, and that we all have the tendency to drift. May it be then that In all of our groups, as we continue to work toward discipleship, we call one another day by day to a greater degree of attention. Attention. Keep alert at all times. And pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. So if Jesus is coming again, how should we live? There's not one simple answer to that question. But in the end of his discourse on the future in Luke 21, Jesus provides a crucial element of any answer to the question of how we live in light of the future. It says, keep alert, praying. Now, if you look at the New Living Translation, you'll see that it includes two imperatives connected by and, keep alert and pray. This translation misses the precise relationship of the verbs in the original group. A literal rendering would read, keep on watching at all times, praying, the act of staying alert is connected to the act of continuing in prayer. I'm gonna say that again. The act of staying alert is connected to the act of continuing in prayer. The Apostle Paul connects alertness to prayer in Ephesians 618. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Prayer is not something peripheral to the Christian life. No, it's not. It's not something that should get the leftovers of our time and attention, but it deserves the best we can offer. We ought to pray when our minds are sharp. Amen, amen. Pray when our minds are sharp. Can y'all hear that? In addition, when we pray, we should be aware of what's going on around us. Now, I'm not referring just to what appears on the evening news, but we must be attentive to the deeper currents of our culture and especially to what God is doing in our world. When we see clearly the challenges that we face, we will indeed keep alert in praying for strength to be faithful in all things to Jesus, the Son of Man. Stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a a rowing lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever amen the Lord has promised to restore support and strengthen us while placing us on a firm foundation he is he didn't exclude the fact that there will be some suffering along the way suffering means to undergo or feel pain or distress it's to sustain injury disadvantage or even lost Suffering means undergoing, going through, subjected to, or enduring an experience in life. There are many levels of suffering depending on the person, the situation or events, and how they impact the individual. Every instant of suffering in our lives has the potential to produce a change. The level of change or the kind of change is up to that person. It doesn't mean that you will go through the same things I'll go through or vice versa. We all are on our own charted course in the kingdom of God with our own designated blessings along the way. The premise of this journey must be faith that produces confident hope that keeps us engaged in daily following Christ. Stay alert. The enemy doesn't want you to keep moving. He wants you to stop so that evil can overtake you, to bind you or destroy you. Yes. His intentions for you are never good, even though it comes veiled as relief. Keep pushing, keep pressing. Standing firm against the enemy is only possible on a platform of faith. Have you come up lame today? Just tired of pressing on or pressing in, considering giving up the good fight of faith to find a little comfort? Don't give up, stand up. The Lord has provided all that we need to live a godly or God-like life, which includes restoration, support, and strength. He desires a total renovation into what God has planned for us to be. Jesus died to unlock the hidden potential within each and every one of us overshadowed by sin and darkness that creates a shroud around the truth that must be broken. There are many things that can rob us from the things the Lord has for us. as circumstances produce change that's always good when we learn to trust the Lord in every situation. I don't know exactly how he does it, but I know that he does. I know that if I will just trust Jesus, it always seemed to work out better than I expected, if I will only believe. God bless you, I will continue this on next week. Have a blessed day.